And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. You will save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Beat writer Patrick Lyons will be along for the ride in just a moment. And there are things to discuss today. As you are all well aware, the Colorado Rockies announced after we had gone off the air yesterday that they had non-tendered three players, uh, two of which were not a surprise at all in Tony Walters and Chichi Gonzalez, though the Tony Walters decision is sure to uh, hurt the heart of some Rockies fans out there, and we will certainly have time to talk about that in a little while. But of course, the headline news here is that the Colorado Rockies have non-tendered David Dahl, an all-star in the most recent full season of play, a player who's still 26 years old with a ton of potential, Several years left in arbitration under relatively friendly team control and to save an estimated $3 million-ish. You can't really know without having gone through the process. The Rockies have parted ways with David Dahl. Let's get a couple of things. Let's get a couple of house cleaning things taken care of up front. Then I'm going to have Patrick run you through all of the ways in which this is absolutely terrible for the Colorado Rockies, both just in reality and from the way that it looks and feels and all of that. And then I will do my best to mention a few things that might make you pump your brakes just a little bit here and go, okay, maybe it's not the end of the world, even if it's still, I'll tell you right now, this is bad. This is not, the the debate we're having today is how bad is this? Is this not good? Is this pretty bad? Is this real bad, Patrick, or is this god-awful terrible? The sky is falling. You know, so we, we don't have a graphic for that made up just yet. <laughs> the levels are bad here. However, let's get a few things just so everyone's clear. And there, there is one thing I want to make clear up front. There's a part of this that we'll get back to that you can lay at the feet of Jeff Breidich to an extent. But understand this. In a vacuum, just yesterday, This is not a Jeff Breidich decision. He did not want to come out and cut players that he that could help his team, especially if there's no chance to replace them. That's just not what GMs do. Uh, No GM does that. It's you're you're ordered by your manager to 
or your, your, your owner, excuse me, to cut payroll, right? If GMs could spend as much money as they wanted, they would all spend way more money, right? That's so this type of move. Now, again, like I said, we'll get back, back into it because a lot of Jeff Breidich's misdealings and, and overpaying other people have partially led the Rockies to be in the situation that they are where they have to consider doing things like this. But it is also just a part of the COVID-19 reality that we're living in. And while it's not a 100% excuse, and again, there's a lot to dive into here, that needs to be understood at every turn. And I don't think this is a move that's made if we're not living in this reality, right? If, if there were, there, if there had been fans last year and there had been regular revenue, I think the Rockies are parting ways with David Dahl over $3 million in a world where you have no idea when fans are ever going to be back. It makes a little bit more sense. That, that that's just again. I'm just trying to provide the, so, the framework here. We're we're so jump on it. Yeah. I, well, I don't. So the question you asked is a fair one. Does this happen? You know, in in an alternate reality, if there's no pandemic, no. The real, I, but I, so no. I, I think right. the real question is, should it have happened at all? And and maybe that's and, the, maybe that's a part that we do get to. That's why I don't think it is fair to just say, oh, it goes in this category of because of COVID. Well, yeah, a lot of things happen or are part of a domino effect, but even still, at some point, you can put your hand in the middle of those dominoes and say, okay, we're, we're done. We're not going to let these other ones topple over any further. We're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to figure this right, part out. Right. So I don't know that, that it needed to happen. And yeah. Well, so th- th- that's the point that I'm trying to make, right, is that this is all in hindsight. And it's fair to talk about hindsight it's fair to talk about what they should have done years ago because what they should have done years ago is what to some degree put them in this spot but again if and this is why i always talk about differentiating and deciding factors in in sports because there are lots of teams who are cutting players they would rather not be cutting now not quite this bad you could argue though the eddie rosario thing for the twins carlos rodon is kind of the the pitching version of David Dahl uh, in a lot of ways, but like, yes, it it is absolutely the case that this, this conversation is about largely moves that were made years ago, but you're not haggling over $3 million in a non COVID world. You're just not. And so it's, it's super frustrating, but that has to be a huge part of the conversation. You also can't just leave it out. And a lot of people, I think, are trying to have this conversation as if it's just like, oh, they just decided they don't like David Dahl because they don't know him and he's injured and they're being cheap. And it's like, well, there's this other gigantic element in the room. It can't be ignored. That said, there's a lot of other stuff that also has to be pointed out. Yeah, I, I had uh, texted you yesterday about like how how bad I thought this was. And if you don't mind me saying, because you, you didn't say anything inflammatory, it was like, no, there's been some – well, you didn't say there's been some bad days as a Rockies fan. I, I think all fan bases, even even the Yankees with their 28 World Series, can say, hey, there, there's been some bad days as a Yankee fan. And you said this wasn't yeah. in your your top 50. But I feel like for, for me it, it probably would be, and not just because it's like, oh, David Dahl is this guy where every kid across 
the Centennial State has a David Dahl jersey and kids, you know, from, oh, I remember when I was in elementary school and now I'm in high school, I looked up to David Dahl and he was the guy. No, we're, we're not talking about that. I just think it's partially the decision that was made and what it represents is what made, I feel, yesterday so bad. And we do need to have that conversation of like, well, what could they have done differently? Or again, we can't go back in time. And I think that's that's ultimately what you're trying to say. Uh, I don't. We don't even have to go there first. I think we need to go. Let Let's just start with yesterday. Drew, was was that a good decision? Do you feel like no. rostering well, Michael no. Givens and, for four million dollars and no, well, and, and non-tendering yes. David Dahl was more important than yes, rostering actually, David Dahl and no. and maybe doing something else. Well, which which of those questions would you like me to answer? Because Michael Givens over David Dahl for me is an easy yes. You take pitching at the same price over an outfielder as a Rockies GM. I make that move a hundred times out of a hundred. And I know Michael Givens didn't look good. It just does. It just doesn't matter to me. It's so much more valuable to have a guy with Michael Givens' resume and in that spot, which is way more valuable to my team than outfielders where. Over the course of history, the Rockies have largely been able to grow outfielders on trees, at least semi-decent ones. And so, you know, I know people aren't especially hot about some of the prospects in the system. The people aren't real high on Jonathan Daza or Sam Hilliard or Garrett Hampson right now. And I totally get that. But like for me, like I'd rather go with those guys and Michael Givens than not the other way around because of the pitching thing. Like it's just way more important. And I, I think one of those guys could pop. Whereas when I look at pitchers who could potentially pop as relievers for the Rockies, I don't, I don't see that. Right. I don't, I don't see that out there for him. So I think you got to maintain that asset. Now in a vacuum, would I have cut David Dahl over $3 million? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Under no circumstances would I have done that. And this is what I'm trying to make with the, this was not a, a, largely a Jeff Breidish decision is not to say, therefore, walk away, no big deal. The Rockies just were stuck. They had to do what they did. No, this is, and I'm working on this piece right now, and I hope I only get in so much trouble. This is on the owner, folks, and this is the problem. With Every time we turn Jeff Breidich into a caricature over shit, he doesn't have control over. Some of it he does, and some of it he doesn't, and this is why it's important to parse fact from fiction, from narrative, from caricature. And, and you've done a great job as somebody, I think, who's been very harsh on them, but but parsed those things. And for me, this is why the distinction is important. And the guy who signs everybody's checks, including the GMs, says, I'm not paying that guy $3 million. You can go, man, if I'd have known there was going to be a pandemic four years ago, would I have not signed Ian Desmond? You can do that all day. And every team's got players on their books they'd rather not have there. And dead money they'd rather not have there. And Twins fans are doing the same dance over Eddie Rosario versus someone on their books they'd rather not have. Cubs, nice. Kyle Torber, they're doing that dance too. Right, and and so I get it. But this is on, not only is this on Dick Monfort, this is on the ownership in Major League Baseball, the economics of Major League Baseball, the ridiculous squeezing of the players' union that has gone on for years and years. The fact that a guy like David Dahl is only making $2.6 million in the first place. I mean, now he's been a little bit injured, but, but you know, Trevor Story just a couple of years ago, being an MVP candidate, making $5 million. That's like, this is the economics of baseball. This is why these guys have convinced themselves that not making $2 billion is the same thing as losing 
$2 billion. That's what's wrong with this picture right now. And so while, yes, Jeff Breidich has made a lot of bad player evaluation decisions and has not been good at deciding who should stay and who should go and all of that, this in a vacuum to me is so much more about absurd penny-pinching going on by people who should know better, by somebody who's got a reputation for being loyal to the tune of 200 plus million dollars to, to guys like Troy Tulowitzki or, you know, through injuries for, for Carlos Gonzalez and his big contract, who's over three, over, over a fraction, a fraction, Patrick. A, 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 and that's what's baffling about it. That's what's baffling about it. And to go, to go back to the, that, that question, I, I think, Ugh. It is it it is it is foolish. I, I I think it could you know we we've all talked about uh you know they 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 got rid of Miguel Castro you know who who ended up pretty much having the same resume as as Michael Givens and that was also stupid. Say, right no exactly right like we right, talked yeah, about right. that we we know how historic that is and that's yeah. not this big defining moment. It's it's not like oh if only they could have done it again that would have changed the course of history. Not really. We're only talking about a reliever. But and I, they might have won the division think, in 2018. <laughs> but I, but I think you could say yeah. that releasing David Dahl is so, three times as large, simply because, again, we're 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 talking about that uh, a relief pitcher with a great resume, which you can find right now on the free agent market because all these guys have been non-tendered. 59 guys, the same as last year, but the big difference was there were a lot of pre-tendered deals. There were a lot of guys who's basically their agents, kudos to them, said, look, we've got an opportunity to, to, to make a get, you know, guaranteed money here. And yes, it's less than what we thought. And yes, it's not what we would get in arbitration. And, and yes, it's not as much as you know a halfway point between what we wanted and what the team wants. It's less than, than both of those things. But you know what? We got to take it because winter is coming. 13 minutes, 40 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> because we got to get that money because we could be on the outside looking in. So we need to take that money. And ultimately, what, what's going on right now is there is a glut of people players on the free agent market. This is exactly what Marvin Miller did not want. When he fought for free agency and he helped the Players Association do that during the 60s and 70s and laid that groundwork with Kurt Flood. He, he had the option to say, hey, let's make all the players free agents at the exact same time. And man, how much money are they going to get? And he said, no, 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 that, that's not how you do this. You right. need to be trickling so that every year there's only so many high-end commodities that are out there. And man, if there's less supply, supply and demand, we know how that works. We're all we're all high school graduates here right. for the most part listening. And if you're not, congratulations for, for getting in on the ground floor and <laughs> And learning about the economics of baseball while you're a teenager, but he said no. Let's let's make it every six years, and then it's a slow trickle. And now, because of what's happened the last two off seasons, because of the previous collective bargaining agreement, there's been guys signing one year, two year deals. So now they're coming back up on the market a lot faster than they would have been. There's guys getting non tendered, and now you can have your pick carte blanche at any player you want at a good price, especially if they're. Uh, still in that arbitration process. That being said, of the 59 players that were non-tendered yesterday, only one of them had ever been an all-star one time, and that was David Dahl. And so David right. Dahl, an all-star caliber player, if we're just looking at that, we know there's an injury issue. We've talked in the past about how it is better yeah. for David Dahl to be playing in any other of 29 other cities. But if we're talking uh -huh. about the Rockies, we're talking about 
them letting go of a guy who was an all-star in favor of a relief pitcher with a good resume at making about $4 million when there's about 20 of those guys on the free agent market. And there are no players like David Dahl on the free agent market right now making $3 million. It's one of the worst moves the organization has ever made. Yeah, no, this is where people are thinking way, way, way too much with their hearts and not nearly enough with their heads. First of all, framing that it was as – There was no heart there. That no, was no, all no. head. Oh, just, I'm just saying, framing it as he's an all-star, sure, okay, true. Another way to say it is he's a .5 war player with a career high of a 110 WRC+. Plus. He's never played more than 100 games in his career, and he wasn't going to do so playing in Colorado. He's continuously been hurt, and he's coming off the worst season in his career. Now, that doesn't just – again, I'm not I'm not justifying letting him go. Let's be 100% clear as I'm making the argument what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, therefore, it's a good thing that. What I'm saying is this notion that the Colorado Rockies have let loose a superstar player. When a week ago people were telling me this was a team three days, two days ago, when more less than 24 hours ago to this point – People were telling me this was a team that has only three good players on it. And if I had said, actually, I think David Dahl's a pretty good player and can help this team win. It was like, you can't count on David Dahl. That was the only response I would ever get when I threw his name into the conversation. So it's interesting that he's suddenly an all-star. Now, he was in 2019, and we all know he has that capability. And I'll go a step further and say he will be an all-star again. That's just he going will. to happen. And I'm not going to be in the least bit surprised about it. But again, as I've often said, if, if the question really is put to me as a general manager, you get to keep one of these two players. Yes, I'm keeping the pitcher as, a, as the Rockies GM, because while there may be, in your estimation, 20 relievers out there of roughly the same quality that I can just go out and get, For I got to pay a Coors Field tax to every single one of them. And I'm already under such a budget crunch that I've been told to cut David Dahl and Tony Wolters and, you know, well, geez, wouldn't make anything but uh so <laughs> throw him in there hashtag never forget chi chi uh let's get chi chi gonzalez yeah he gets he's getting <laughs> forgotten about right now i it's, know it's a that's a shame. no one outraged over <laughs> chi chi um so again i'm not saying therefore fine what i'm saying is that to me i it's tough because i don't think the rockies are losing a player who if he stayed here was going to be the three-war player we all know him be, but that he's never been. And if he wasn't going to be it here, then no, he's not worth cutting in favor of a guy who could very easily be the setup man in your bullpen next year, a part of the team that is much, much more for this franchise to get quality in, especially on the free agent market. They do have to pay that extra Coors Field tax to get it. And it's a much more important element of the team, at least as the numbers show. So again, it, it's always interesting to me. It's like the people who would qualify David Dahl as a 0.5 player and as a 110 WRC plus guy, which is like what he's been, right? Uh, you know, would, would point to the all-star game now, which is, it's true. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him. We all know that he has that potential, but I think it is faulty to assume that he was going to reach those heights again for the Colorado Rockies. And yeah, well, I, again, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm keeping him. If it's up to me, there's no way that's actually, 
here's 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 the flip side of what I'm saying. That's actually good news for you as an owner if you're paying attention because that means you get to keep a quality player for less money. And yeah, he may be hurt all the time. In fact, he just hurt as a bummer. But if you get 75 games of him, you get 75 games of him, and you only have to pay him three million dollars. So it's it's not you know if if he'd played 162 games a season, he'd be a 12 or 15 million dollar a year player by now. And he's not. So his his so here's his, so his contract so already reflects that. So so what you just did there was was you you started the the beginning of of my rebuttal on this because I think you know better than to say that. Uh, I was making an emotion speech as, as if my no. somehow oh somehow no, heard no, no, about not you. Dogs. I'm saying people out there. No, 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 no. Sure. I'm saying I'm seeing a lot of people out there who are doing this thing where several days ago these same people would not have or 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 to put it another way, when I come out and I make the emotional nuanced argument about why actually Rymal Tapia is a lot better than you think. Or no, let me give you a better one. Let me give you this one, Patrick. When I come out and make the very How much money is David Dahl how much money is David Dahl going to be making than Rymal Tapia next year? And is Rymal Tapia the guy? I I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But but see that's my point. That's my point. We get to point to the hardcore data when it comes to guys like Rymal Tapia. But then when it's like, well, Dahl doesn't, he hasn't done it yet. We're, we're, we're dreaming well, on potential. Well, and, if I may, if I may, yeah. when I, when I call him an all-star, let, let's use a different A word, asset. Players are assets. And you and I have talked about well, this, this whole is, idea yeah, about yeah. tanking and, and, and putting together a lot of assets with draft picks and things of that nature. As an asset, David Dahl is incredibly valuable. His value isn't as high as it's been in the past. It was very high in 2019, and so far that's been his highest. Uh, right now, it's uh, I, w- I wouldn't even necessarily say it's at its lowest, but I would say the Rockies totally just wasted away an asset. They they totally. they, they they took a, a second round pick and or excuse me, first round pick, first and round. now they they end up getting nothing for it. Whereas mm-hmm. had they rostered him this year, gotten some kind of production out of him, they could have turned around and again, gotten something for that asset. Partially, you know, considering that, um, again, we could look at it a couple ways. David Dahl, while he hasn't been healthy, you you said something like, oh, he's been more of a half of a, of a uh, win player. He's not a three win player. I think you could suggest he, he is um, uh, closer to that if you just look at him offensively. Now, defensively, we, we think he has good defensive abilities, but the defensive metrics actually haven't been very fair to him, which is fine. Uh, we're not I mean, sure if there's going to be a designated hitter this year in the National League. Uh, we think there most likely will be uh, a designated hitter the next season in, in 2022 in the National League. So even if you just look at him as a DH, even look at Nelson Cruz, look at David Ortiz. These guys had great careers, and by no means am I calling David Dahl the next uh, big poppy. Um, <laughs> but uh, although he is going to be a big daddy, little, he's going to be a daddy soon. A little bit. Congrat- yeah. <laughs> Congratulate Svelte, right? Lean. lean yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, oh, I like, I like lean Poppy. Actually, exactly. I like lean, lean Poppy. Yeah, for sure. Lean. You always want to be lean. Yeah. So, but I'm saying that he has that value still on the market to do Totally. That. And as an asset, that is way more valuable. He also has three years of control, whereas Michael Gibbons gives you one year of control. And if the Colorado Rockies are saying, look, we got to cut bait. Right now, finances are way more important than anything else. They're essentially saying we're not going out there to try to strive and win this year. We might, 
but we're not going to strive to win. Well, if don't buy that, don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. That's well, they're definitely not trying to. That's not. I mean, I'll finish my point and then I'll ask you a question and we can talk about that. That's quite stretched. They're not trying. Michael David Dahl by keeping him is going to give you three years of control. So now in 2022, maybe when things settle down a little bit, 2023, you still have David Dahl. You'll be able to pay him because he'll be making a little bit more in arbitration. And maybe you'll have a better shot at winning, or maybe you'll be more inclined to put more of your eggs in a basket. So regardless of what, I, what I'm saying is a stretch or what have you, are the Rockies a better team today than they were yesterday, Drew? Well, no, of course not. I've already answered that question. Again, don't, 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 I'm, yeah. don't put me in the position where I have to defend cutting David Dahl. That's never been my position. It's not going to be. My only thing is... I don't think it's near the sky is falling situation that a lot of people Do you think they will be better? At the end of this offseason, do you think they're going to be better than they were yesterday? Probably not, because I don't think that they're going to add. Now, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I think there's a way in which that could happen. If they've decided, look, the only money we were going to have this offseason to spend is money that we could create via cash on hand by making these moves. And so it's what, $6 million they just saved. If they go out and they do make a really good use of that $6 million, I could see a scenario absolutely where I'm saying, yeah, they're better than they were when the offseason started. Again, particularly if they focus on the bullpen. My hunch is that they, at least in their billionaire mindset. In their mind, yeah, in their in mind. In their mind. They don't, they don't have any cash to spend. They, they are cash strapped. And I can understand why they, they think that. Again, there's there's a whole deeper conversation to be had there. And we had it before the, the year started, even with the upcoming CBA. And, and Patrick, I think you know, we may maybe even are a little early to put this out there, but you and I were talking yesterday about workages. And I mean, and I really do think that that's on the table because while the Rockies may be the team that, in this moment right now is handling this the worst. No one's handling this well. All of these owners That's are true. crying poor That's when true. they're yeah. when they're not, right? And so it's difficult because I don't think there are going to be very many teams in baseball that when February arrives are better than they were when the offseason started. Because uh, I mean, I, I think the big free agents are gonna are gonna land, and so you you. I mean, On the big be teams who are already fantastic, teams. and yeah, I mean, they're gonna be those teams that get better. I, I think so. Even a couple, said, but it's gonna be the exception. Add, yeah, if they add six million dollars, there's a chance that they 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 could be better. Again, it's gonna be yeah. slight, but there is that chance. So then, let me frame it this way: if they spend six million dollars, if they would have kept David Dahl, cut Michael Givens. Do you think it would have been they would have been better spending six million dollars there on two relief pitchers for three million dollars with similar resumes to Michael Gibbons? No, because it's harder to get those guys to come in, and you have to pay more for them. So I don't think so. But you I just said either. no one else is signing guys. So again, there's only. But so that many doesn't mean that all of a sudden a reliever is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to put the entire future. So they're going to not career play, and they're going to pass up three million dollars. Well, I don't think the Rockies be offering pitchers three million dollars. I don't think they should do two guys three million. I think they should be going a few more guys at cheaper than that, right? But a three guys so that's for where two million dollars each. Sure, sure, sure. Something like that. So again, yeah. you keep and David Dahl and you cut Michael Givens, you could sign three relief pitchers for two million dollars each. Or you keep Michael Givens, you cut David Dahl, which the Rockies did, 
who, what one player are you signing for $6 million that could possibly bring you the upside of David Dahl? This is where it, it this is the problem. I don't need the a upside. major problem. This is the problem that I have with the whole framing or of this. This idea that or consistency. Like, what consistency not, are you getting out of David Dahl? Not, you're not getting no, any consistency right. out of David Dahl. No, that's not my point. You're right. David Dahl wasn't consistent. And that's a problem. Right. That, that's why we like Ryan Altapia here. Right. But what other play, what player on the market that does give you consistent at bats is going to run? I don't want a guy to come in from outside the organization to give me consistent at bats. I did. I'm going to fill that spot with inside. I've had this conversation with a number of people and I would, mm. no, I'm not going to out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to out the person I want to, but it'd be fun. And I don't think you'd have a problem with it, but I shouldn't, but I've, I, <laughs> I've had very lively debates with a, a very good friend of both of ours uh, about this. And, and he is kind of convinced me that he's uh, the outfielders, happen there you can get guys who can be replacement level outfielders i believe that over the course of a season especially if they're healthy and out there which i believe hilliard hampson daza are all going to be the chance that they're the the 0.5 war player that i've been getting from david Dahl, not the guy we keep thinking he maybe could be that probably he never could be in colorado but maybe is going to be probably will be somewhere else but the guy he's been i can replace that value with what I've got. It is a nightmare to get relievers to come here, pitchers of any variety. And you've got to be in a position where if they come here and they're terrible, you can get rid of them right away. You don't have to keep throwing them out there. That's why, you know, I want fewer guys. If it's three at 2 million, if it's four guys at one and a half or whatever, you know, I'd rather bring in a bunch of those types of dudes on incentive laden deals and stuff like that. Maybe and attack the pitching problem because I so fundamentally believe that if the Rockies get their pitching straight, the position players are going to end up creating enough offense and you can build, especially if they're quality defenders, you're going to get it. You've still got a couple of stars on your team that are going to give you some offense. You've got to get the pitching under control. And I think the numbers just kind of overwhelmingly back that up. And so while it's nice to dream on star position players They've never been difference makers for the Colorado Rockies, one way or the other. Great bullpens have. And so saying, well, if you bring in three quality relievers, you no longer need Michael Givens. To me, I'm going, no, 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 no. If I bring in three quality relievers and I've kept Michael Givens, now I've got four guys I like as potential quality relievers, and I need six or seven. And you've lost the quality asset. And I think that's, I think Look, that's the, the asset. Thing you, yeah, I'm not, I'm never going to argue with you on the asset part of it, but you, you put it to me in just in terms of players, in terms of the yeah. asset and being able to trade guys and moving forward. But here's, that's here's a much what more difficult. Makes sense with that. What, what, what you're saying makes sense. I, 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 I agree with what you're saying, but it, it's, it's not moot, but I, I feel like it, it's, it doesn't have its place right now um, for a couple of reasons. One, there's this idea, yeah, pitchers don't want to pitch here, and, and, and we don't blame them. Um, I don't know if we were given an opportunity to, to be in the Rockies' bullpen. I mean, I guess we would take it because, hey, we get to be I mean, one of the 20,000. Give but me a day. <laughs> after, you know, after we make one appearance and you know, we only give up two home runs uh, and record two outs, I'm hoping our agent can negotiate you know, you know, Drew Creaseman uh, with his you know, 27 ERA has announced that 
he wants a trade from the Rockies after signing a one-day contract. Because again, pitchers don't want to pitch at Coors Field. We get that normally. But right now, it's not applicable. There are too many free agents on the market right now. This is a very unique thing to 2020-21 offseason. There are too many relief pitchers available out there that you are going to be able to get several that you want. We'll see. I think you're, you you're, you're way too confident in that probability. Where else are they going to go, Drew? That's the problem. It's never that's, happened. That's the issue of what's I get happening it's right unique, now. There's but too many on the market. Trying to convince now, me that something's going to happen that has literally never happened is, is a tough thing. We've sell. also literally never had a pandemic in which major yeah, league I'm not saying it's impossible. That's the best argument for it. You're right. It's a unique yeah. situation. And I, you know what? I'll be thrilled if they pull that off. But, you know. <laughs> the other issue I have is this idea that since they are not better than they were yesterday, they're a worse team, right? Maybe not by a lot, but they're a worse team since yesterday. And they're probably not going to spend to thus contend. Why does it even matter that they have one extra pretty good pitcher, which again, I'm going to throw out his 2020 season, but why does it matter? They've got one extra pretty good reliever with a, again, this is where it's in their bullpen. <laughs> if they're not really going towards it, wouldn't it be a better asset to have a guy who was a one-time all-star who's still only 26 uh, years old, that play that teams are going to covet. Drew, yes, mark my word, I think asset, but no. Dahl, I think David Dahl will make more money now as a free agent than he would have in arbitration. That's how much I doubt of, it. I uh, very seriously doubt it. We'll decision. put a DNVR bets. David Dahl. Yeah, we'll put a DNVR bets thing up about that because I very seriously doubt that he's going to make more than the three or three and a half million that he made in arbitration. Uh, it's going to be this, about three in this economy. In this economy, in this economy, no, Gary no. Goleman. In Gary this Goleman? economy, yeah, you know I, Gary yeah, Goleman? Gary Goleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was on uh, the last crazy. comic standing. Last yeah, last he was standing for a uh, first or second season. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, he's he's in my top five. Stand-up comedies. I did get to see him at Comedy Works. The yeah. nicest oh, guy. He cool. stayed around, took pictures with everybody. He's gigantic. Nice. You played yeah. tight end at Boston College. Let's right. talk college football now. Let's no, not man. do that. Uh, no. So it, it just, again, like, not wrong here, but it just does make me laugh that, again, 24 hours ago, the general consensus was the Rockies are crap. And then now it's like, well, now that the Rockies have lost David Dahl, they've got no here. chance. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> well, that's, that, that, that's, that's correct. That's reasonable. That's if fair. If they're crap yesterday, that's, they're crappier. Dude, that's a totally reasonable okay. take. That's, that's <laughs> okay. a reasonable take. If they're okay. crap, now that's they're a, a little bit crappier. Fair. That's a good take. Fair. But the idea that they should be operating differently than they did yesterday because they should believe that they're no longer contenders without this guy who just hasn't been on the field blows my I love look I love David Dahl. Let me let me put let me put this on the table for just a minute. I really like David Dahl and I've liked him for a very long time. He's the first player of his caliber who has reached out to me personally. We we emailed I've at times even had connections with his family members. Like I really like David Dahl, like his dog, the whole situation. I think he's going to be phenomenal out there. And I don't want any of this to be read any differently than that. I think we get, I mean, honestly, I, I, 
Yeah, that's okay. crazy if anyone thinks that you are anti-David Dahl. You're, <laughs> right. you're, you're, you're just talking about how the Rockies see things. I get yeah. that. And I right. think everybody else does too. But I think that's an important uh, right. thing to make. Yeah. So if December 2nd at noon, before anyone knew about this Dahl stuff, the Rockies thought they could contend next year. I don't believe it makes logical sense for them to conclude if they're taking an analytics-based look at it, which we know that they're probably not, but I'm taking an analytics-based look at it because I've been implored by incredibly smart people to do so. And when doing that, I don't see David Dahl as having been a difference maker for this team yet. It was always a possibility. And I get what you're, the, the asset thing is what, and, and I'll get back to your, the asset thing in just a minute, but. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to say something about what you're saying right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the idea to me that he right. being on the roster or off the roster makes the dem- difference between whether or not you think you should be trying to contend or trying to rebuild is positively silly that he is that level of difference maker on this roster to me. When I don't believe, I really do not believe in my heart of hearts, I could have gotten a consensus of baseball writers to believe that yesterday. And the people who are out there saying that they believe it today, I think some of them at least are doing so as just another opportune moment to dunk on the Colorado Rockies, which you know gets under my skin and part of the... But it's going on because there is an, there is absolutely a hypocrisy here when it comes to David Dahl never being counted. I've read... Every article that's been written on the national level about the Colorado Rockies in the last couple of months and the players they have and don't have, and his name has been brought up more than maybe once. Maybe. He's a lost man on this. If he's gone, all of a sudden people are acting difference maker. And I just, I, I don't think it's 100% genuine. For could be. I'm not accusing he you. Could be a difference maker. He could be, but he just hasn't been. And quite frankly, again, I and we don't know that he never would be. I, I think he's more likely to. I don't think he ever would have been here. I don't. And here's the thing. Here's the secret. Here's the damning secret of all of it. Here's my true belief of why I didn't freak out yesterday. As someone who, I tweeted this out. There are two, I think Charlie Blackman knows my name. But there are two all-stars who know my name. I think Charlie does. I know David does. Because every time I ever walk by David Dahl, Hall, by his block, whatever. Hey, Drew, how you doing, man? How's it going? I was like, what did you think of the thing yesterday? That's the kind of guy he is. And having, you know, known him a little bit on that level, having watched his career in years, through the first several freak injuries and, and the missed flight and all of it, I don't believe it was going to work for him here. Ever. Ever. <laughs> well, the innocent, that's great. <laughs> Late start over. True. I, I, just, I don't want to burst your bubble, but... Every time David Dahl has ever said hello to you, he's pulled me aside and said, Patrick, what's that guy's name again? So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wouldn't now, that be great? And no, also, why did you smell it? But that, and that's, that's, that's my dirty secret about this whole thing is that I sadly don't believe that David Dahl was ever going to reach his potential here. And at some point, yeah. now again, you, you don't – doesn't mean you let him go for nothing. It means you trade right, him. It means you keep him around and you trade him. That's what they should have done. That's where I start to get irate. But I don't I, think I don't, that he was the, this the, difference maker. Not here. 
Elsewhere, yeah. maybe not. Here. And and it will, yeah, obviously, we'll never know. And I, like I said, we, we've we've said it. We're this is good for David Dahl, and we're we're happy for yeah. him. And, and and the question, all he also got again. I'm open up another can, can of worms. Worms. Rocky's guaranteed money to Scott Oberg. Can Scott Oberg play at altitude? Are we are we going to be dealing with the same situation now, where the Rockies aren't going to cut Ian Desmond, who's making eight million dollars, still got a two million dollar buyout, and they're not necessarily going to do that, and they've got to pay him. Well, the they Rockies can, I mean, went the ahead and they just, they decided they're going to go ahead and give money to to Scott Oberg, and we don't know the the, the state of his health, and they paid him. We didn't have they didn't have to. We could be going down this road again as far as mismanagement, but but. Real quick about Desmond, just just so everybody knows that that Desmond money, uh, other than the two, that, that, that Desmond money is is guaranteed at this point. They have to buy him. Oh, out. Yeah. They can't get yeah, out from underneath. I, I know you know that. I'm just making sure that people understand that. Good, yes, that, thank you. That eight million dollars. So because I've and seen honestly, some people say, why didn't they get rid of the eight million? Like I don't, I don't well. know how much you would have to give another team. I mean, maybe that's a way you save face and say, look, we'll trade them to oh Toronto. And we're going to give Toronto eight million dollars yeah. because six million dollars is going to pay go to his contract this year, and then put another two million in the coffers. We'll pay his buyout. That still means Toronto would be paying Desmond two million dollars. And again, on the free agent market, you could just sign David Dahl for three. Who would you rather have, Desmond for two? Yeah, or David Dahl for three? Like this is the well, these are the economics yeah. that are going on right now. But but the 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 strange That's thing of what you're saying about the 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 Colorado Rockies and hey they thought they were a contender and them you know cutting loose David Dahl doesn't mean they don't still think that they are a contender because David Dahl what has he really contributed to the team That's true. However, I sort of feel like that's the same thing in seeing a you know uh, an unfortunately mentally unstable person who's wearing a, a piece of aluminum foil on their head who is, is talking about, you know, the aliens trying to read their brain. And when people say, you know, kind of point fingers or say something, you go, hey, come on. They've got the aluminum foil on their head yesterday. It would make sense that they would continue doing it now during the pandemic because the aliens are still trying to read this person's brain. You're trying to make sense of something that just simply doesn't make sense. The what? Rockies think they should. The Rockies think what? they should contend. The, the Rockies think <laughs> that they should contend, or that they are a contender right now, and they aren't. And that's that's that the, is I entirely your opinion. Fans, See, this is the problem. This is why fans have exactly a problem. That's this right. is why that's fans right. have a problem. Fans have an because this, this certainty team, that the team is terrible, and that's just not true. And that's the problem. And, and, it, and if it is, it's not objectively true. And that's the biggest problem I have with. Is this they haven't idea been good the last two years, oh, and they're largely comprised I, of the same I'm players. Very aware. And I don't really I know want to go down this rabbit hole and talk about it. They're bad, but no, no. Do you I know think all it's fair? Do you, do you think it's fair for a fan to go? I don't think it's based on 2019, based on 2020, based on the farm yeah, system. No. This is not a very good team going forward in the next couple of years, especially when you look at the landscape of MLB and the other 2019s. Is that a fair statement by a fan? Yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable in the slightest. I just don't think it's the only reasonable position to hold. And I'm really, quite frankly, exhausted of people acting like it is. It's absurd. It's not the only position to hold. This stuff is subjective. The idea that Sam Hilliard could have a better year next year than David Dahl is not so off the wall, on the moon, you know, bananas batshit crazy. That but it it's is unlikely. It's un of course it's unlikely. Of course it's unlikely. And that's the problem but is that the Rockies continue to do things that are unlikely going to happen. And but that's the problem with folding everything into a continuing ongoing conversation when a lot of things happen in vacuums and separately. Look, 
that's a part of it and that's fine. And we can continue to just create the, the ongoing narrative. But the problem is this is, it, it is different times. And you know that because of also what went on here with Tony Walters. This isn't yeah. a normal thing. Again, back to the fight has to be a part of the conversation. There's no way they make these moves in my estimation if we're not in the middle of a pandemic. And, and here you go. Jacob's saying emotionally, he's more upset about Tony. And I totally get that. But for me, the ongoing narrative problem is not, oh, Jeff Breidich thinks that they're contenders and they're not. And what he should be doing is blowing it up instead of it, like, that's a, that's a subjective conversation. That's a debate that a lot of reasonable people can have and disagree and come at from a lot of different perspectives. And unfortunately, there are some people engaged in it who believe they've got an objective answer to that question. And it's frustrating. But the ongoing narrative that needs to be front and center here is the owner. It's, it's, it's not Jeff. No, no, true. Yeah. It, yeah. It's the owner's inability to recognize what you've talked about here. And, and I do have to pay a little bit, a couple of bills because what you've talked about here, Patrick, is mortgaging their future. That's what they're doing. Mm. They're, they're mortgaging their future and not in a smart and wise way. And you know, if you want to be protected in a smart and wise way, you know the French word chevalier? You know what that means? It, that's a, it means I'm saving money on my mortgage? Is that what it translates I, to? I mean, yeah. No, the, uh, the chevaliers were, were horsemen, knights, knights of the realm, protectors of the like realm. Cavaliers, if you will, English translation. Indeed. Uh, I, be I believe that is correct. And so Mike and Virginia Chevalier, well, they will be the protectors of your realm. They'll help you out if you go to dnvrmortgage.com. Not only are they diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, which we won't hold against them, just, just kidding, <laughs> um, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as members, a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. So if you've got questions about your mortgage and you're not really sure what to do and you wanna to talk to some experts, but not just some people you've never heard of, some people you'll have a connection with that are part of our DNVR family. They'll talk to you about the Broncos game. If that's something you want to talk about. Uh, talk <laughs> another to topic, another right. topic that's gonna get people a little heated. Uh, what a year in, in Denver sports, but they'll also hook you up with a chance to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you go to dnvrmortgage.com. I don't think that, I think you got to do .com. No, we tried to get it. Someone actually already owned dnvrmortgage.com. They got all the good but we did get .com. We did get it. Did get it just in a little bit late there. So if you want to avoid the issue the Rockies have had of mortgaging their future, well, then check out Mike and Virginia Chevalier at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS, number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, again, Knights of the Realm, NMLS, number 1910631. All right, June, let me, let me say this to clear some things for anyone just tuning in clear the air yeah. um, because because brett brett kind of brings up some point hey mm. what you can't pay david doll three million what you're paying ian desmond 10 million no those two things are unrelated when i mean ian desmond was given as well very loosely related but yes yes well, they're well 
Yes. As I'll explain. When Ian no, Desmond you're making my given, argument, not making yours. <laughs> yeah. When he and Desmond was given that contract in the 16-17 offseason, um, we didn't know someone was going to. For a second, I thought it was just so long ago. It was in 16-17. Click <laughs> like, your heels together, Drew. 16-17 when they signed Ian there, Desmond. There's no I'll place like it. signing Ian Desmond. There's no place like the 16-17 offseason. Um, they, <laughs> they signed him in a world – that was a, a non-pandemic world. The, the money was going great in Colorado. People are coming in from the droves. What is it? We're talking like 20,000 people a week are moving into to Denver and moving into Colorado. Like, like it's, it's insanity. Pretty much they are recession-proof because the Rockies could pretty much well. tell all their fans, <laughs> you know what, go kick rocks. Slide oversell, but he's doing fine. Let him go. <laughs> go kick rocks. Uh, because you know what? The fans of the Cubs and the Giants and the Cardinals, they've all moved to Colorado. They're going to come to the games. It's great. So you know what? They signed Ian Desmond to this money, and you think, yeah, it's probably not going to age terribly well. They front load it, so now they're only paying him $8 million in the final hey. year. And you go, $8 million, that's that's what the uh, – essentially, I, I think like the 128th or 27th uh, highest player. So, literally, so even though yeah. you know that's good money – there's over a hundred guys making more money than him, maybe 200, maybe 300 more than Ian Desmond should be making that kind of money. But regardless, that decision was made years ago. Now, that being said, we're talking about saving not three, three, $3 million because, Hey, you still got to roster a guy making league minimum, or you gotta, you gotta pick up a veteran that you might pay more than the league minimum. So really you're saving two, two and a half million dollars at best. It's they're, they're, they are also unrelated. So that, that is how they're unrelated, I, I should say. Yeah, the impact right. of having to overpay certain players, having the impact of paying Nolan Arenado $35 million versus just 30, just $30 right. million. Dollars. Right. Now you can, keep, you can go ahead and keep David Dahl. You can go ahead and keep Tony Walters as well and yep. still have Dom Nunez as your third string. And you go, hmm, we've got a nice little triumvirate there behind home plate. So it's obviously not David uh, it's obviously not Ian Desmond's fault, but that being said, you, right, you, you don't cut David Dahl. No, you, you don't. And under him with three years and, of control left. And this is where you know I, and this is maybe to a fault what I do, what I've done over the years that is, you know, complicated and <laughs> maybe overly nuanced. Even is I, I try to put myself in the shoes of any given decision maker at the moment of the decision. And not of them being them. I can't be them. I'm not Jeff Breidich. You, you probably all you probably all noticed that. Um, no matter how much sci-fi and fantasy I watch, I cannot inhabit the mind of another human being. And so I essentially look at it this way. If Jeff Breidich had been, don't get too excited as I say this sentence. If Jeff Breidich had been fired from the Colorado Rockies the day before these decisions had been made, and I had been hired as the GM again on December 2nd in the morning. I think we understand this point. But continue, right? continue. And at noon, Dick Mumford has said to me, you got to cut one of these guys. And, and to your point, it's got to be Givens or, or Dahl. I am making a very, very, very difficult phone call to David Dahl. Even and, though you'd save more money? Even though you'd save more money? Yeah. Getting rid of money. And, and again, it's – and again, because I know the owner's not going to let me blow this thing up. He's not going to let me rebuild. He's not going to let me trade uh, Nolan Arenado and Trevor trade Story like at the same time. 
sure. John Gray right. or whatever, right? That, right. So he's not going to let me do all this other stuff to create more space and do all these other flexible things. He's going to expect me to be able to win. And I'm going, okay, I, I think if I pull a couple of things off just right, I can put us in a solid shot to be in the mix next year. And I feel like we've got a better chance of doing that. We really shore up that bullpen. And while I don't disagree with a thing you've said about David Dahl's talent and ability and level and, and his ability over these other guys, though, um, you know, Devon, B10, uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about Rymal Tapia. Now may be a good time to add that into the conversation. That may also be a part of why I'm not fretting quite as much as other people. And it's not just Rymal Tapia, Sam Hilliard, Garrett Hampson. These guys, I think, will be okay. It's the history of the Colorado Rockies. It's Corey Sullivan and Ryan Spielborgs and Seth Smith and Brad Hopp and some of these guys who were never superstar players or superstar talents. And, you know, you may not think any of these guys has that. And if you don't, you know, those, those are individual conversations. I do think the guy that obviously I've bought in on the hardest is Tapia, right? He's the guy I think really can be a very quality player for your team. And you can count on him. You can count on him to play 150 games at least every year. And in a place where inconsistency and chaos is way more common in a game that already has chaos and inconsistency built into it. Uh, that to me is a more valuable commodity and, and it, it really is the inconsistency. And I, I hate it. it. It comes back to like, I just, I wish it had never been there. You know, I wish you'd never lost the spleen. I wish he'd never, uh, hit the foul ball off his foot. Uh, you know, all, all of those things, because then we're, we're probably not having those, this conversation at all. Um, but I do think that, you know, from a management standpoint, Tapia at, a lot less money and a lot more consistency. Again, no one's going to argue he's the better baseball player when they're both know. on I, the field. I, I mean, you could argue, argue. when they're both on the field, right? Like if they're both out there, then I think Dahl's the better ball player. So here's but. the thing that that's maybe not fair is that because David Dahl is now going to have the benefit of, of, of being away from Coors Field, and we know about the Coors Field splits, all that jazz – um, he, he's, his numbers should very clearly be better than Ryan Altapia. Like, you know, 80 times out of 100, he's going to have the better career than Ryan Altapia. But again, how much does that have to do with him being away from Coors Field? So it's not necessarily yeah. fair to compare those two pieces. Um, yeah. But I, I do think that the question should be asked. So again, props to, to anyone out there going, well, who couldn't you have saved $3 million in, in any other ways? And, and I think that's what is a little bit baffling to say, there, there had to have been another way to maybe save $3 million. And that's not being, hey, you know what? Get rid of the, the entire scouting department and just scout from a distance and, and, and just use videotape and just use you know, the, uh, the metrics, you, you use, use numbers and data and stuff like that. That could have been a way to do $3 million. But Dick Monfort said, well, you know what? I'm going to well, keep these 15 guys and, yeah. and keep them employed and keep food on the table for their families over this one. That certainly could have been a scenario. Yeah. So again, you gotta give Dick Monfort props for that. But it's it's just again, a, it's a baseball decision that just doesn't seem to make sense that they couldn't have extracted some value out of David Dahl from the point of November, uh, well, not November second, but but from the the point that that the uh, players that were going to be eligible for the Rule Five draft, I think maybe it was November twentieth, um, 
to now, because ultimately you could have just cut David Dahl. Tampa Bay Rays did that with Hunter Renfro because he was going to be a guy that was going to be not tender. So you could have gotten rid rid of David Dahl ahead of yesterday, just cut him loose. Again, we know that would have been bad PR, but would have been the same ultimate result. Jeff Breidich could have said the same thing about needing to save money. And with that extra 40-man roster spot, could have protected Riley Pyant, could have protected Alan Trejo. So now if either of those guys go in the Rule 5 draft, again, that's an evaluation Snafu. That is that is very clearly an error. We only if they do. I'm not saying only if they start with a better player. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure a 40 man roster spot needed to be saved for either Trejo or, or Riley Pine. They they can still go out. But, and but if those guys someone. go to some other organization, the Rockies had a choice to say, okay, let's keep David Dahl for 10 days in the off season when he's not going to play for us because it's late November and we don't. You know, we can't get into. No, I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, okay. if, if, no, no, no. I understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, if you decide to protect exactly. Riley Pint, now that's another. Then you don't gain a roster spot by losing David Dahl. Now, if they don't go out and fill it, well, they're right, going to now, fill it with somebody. But is it going to no. be deserving? And <laughs> right, that's, right, right, right. that's kind right, of what I, what I mean. Riley is, making it, league minimum. He's right. he's got six to seven years of control still. He's got. I projectability think they to it. can so go again, out and get a better player than Riley Pint or Alan Trejo. And I think that they probably will, but that, I mean that, so, so no, I'm not, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but again, I, I think that's just an extra level of like, well, they could have done this other thing, but like, uh, that's really not of that much value. And we don't, since we don't know the future of what they plan to do with the theoretical roster spot. Uh, oh, wait, is Will coming in with some news? Rockies made a trade. Now we do need to make sure that this oh is a how long is t- we haven't even talked about. I know, right? Not, not, we not to, talked about Tony Walters yet. Will, Will, Will Carpenter, a uh, uh, great listener, good guy, uh, another wrestling aficionado. Um, again, reliable source, but we we do want to make sure this is accurate. As we did have someone recently post yeah. an article in our Discord that was very obviously not yeah. legitimate that many people thought was legitimate. So we're just going to double check here. Um, if if the Rockies did, in fact, acquire left-handed uh, pitcher Yohan Ibar for Christian Koss, a guy who was uh, roughly about uh, 14th best prospect. You know, he was the MVP of the Pioneer League back when it actually was a, a minor league in 2019. Right. You know, he had a huge 2019 season. Uh, very talented young guy. Uh, Ibar is a left-handed uh, pitcher, so uh, could be a guy uh, out of the bullpen for. Uh, excuse me, he's not a reliever at all. He he bats left-handed. He throws yeah. left-handed, but no, Looks he's like- uh, actually he's listed as a center fielder and relief pitcher. Uh, so we I don't just actually noticed that too. Know what he does. <laughs> I was looking at the thing too. He's what <laughs> they got an outfielder slash relief pitcher. <laughs> Now they got some versatility. That's <laughs> maybe. Well, but not it's, a, it's, there's so much to unpack with the David Dalton. So, so going back to, yeah, to what our yeah, buddy yeah, Brad yeah. said, because Brad reached out to me, I wanted to give him a shout out on Twitter. Yeah. You know, he just said, like, did you even think this? So maybe this is where we end. Did you even think this was a possibility, Drew? Did did you think we were gonna no. hear honestly? The thought yeah. had never crossed my mind, and it was for this reason. One, dude was an all-star when he was healthy in 2019. Okay, a lot of guys looked really crummy in 2020. Who sure. cares? Still yeah. had three years of control. Right. Was only making about $3 million. 
was only going to be playing in his uh, age 27 season could have probably gotten you something, you know, pretty decent on the market, even if you just trade him away for another prospect and just right. say, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's uh, strengthen up our system. He's an asset. There's, there's almost no way that they would get rid of David Dahl. I, it, right. I, I honestly, I, I would have said 0%. I mean, to feel like if I would have even said 5% of a chance, I'd have been like, well, what, what is this? Yeah, I probably would have put it about there, 5%. Five right? out of 100 chance. Yeah. One of the 20. Yeah, that's just, I've been around this team longer. I think I the 5 to 10% I would have given it is just me having been around the Colorado Rockies situation for all 28 GD When have years. they ever done something like this, though, that, that you would say, hey, they do it once out of every 20 years where they just cut loose I mean, a guy who's a former all-star, has three years of control, is only 27 years old, and is well, making no money? I mean, this exactly that. No, that never. Yeah, they're like, right, like, yeah, like, obviously. I mean, and and as you pointed out earlier, this is a unique uh, situation, right? And th- there's a lot of stuff that we're going to see this offseason that we've never seen before. And in a way, this is one of them. If I if I broaden your incredibly specific category out to how many times have I seen the Rockies do something very silly for business decisions to spite themselves? The answer is a lot, many, many times, many, 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 many times. They have what was the owner. last? What was one of the more last ones that you would go, uh, maybe it wasn't the last one, but I remember this and it seemed like they were shooting themselves in the foot and like cutting their nose off to to spite their face of of, of these many Trade examples. Deadline 19 in when, a couple of different ways. When they did nothing either way. Now, this is interesting. Whatever. We'll we'll cut the podcast off and the conversation is over. We'll talk about Tony Walters tomorrow. We love you, Tony. We, we, we got to talk day. about. Oh, man. We'll, we'll do day. a whole day. Uh, we'll do just as long. But um, I, I wonder what you're going to wear. I know what I'm going to wear tomorrow for Tony Day. <laughs> we should. We should. We should absolutely do that, right? Um, shoot. Now I lost my train of thought. Where was I going? What was I doing there? Getting rid of the ball was as you know, foolish as not doing anything at the 2019 trade deadline. Oh, the, the 2019 trade deadline. Thank you very much. Um, so doll, that's when it would have made the most sense from an analytics standpoint in a vacuum from, I think the way you look at baseball, especially to have traded David doll. That was when he was at the height of his value and the Rockies were stuck in the mud. David doll was an all-star they were having a rough year. Now you remember. Now again, I could I could argue back and get into the weeds on it and say, well, they had made this run back into it, and they were kind of floating around five hundred and thinking about adding. But here's here's the point that I was making earlier to answer your question about where did the owner really get in and screw stuff up and meddle, and where did they make dumb business decisions rather than just doing what would have been best for baseball is. They had an opportunity at the trade deadline. I think most people know this now to go out and get Marcus Stroman potentially even in that move, whether you see, I'll just say it, whether you see Charlie Blackman as this player or not, they would have shed a whole lot of salary from a contract who has not been talked about today. Guy was making a lot of money that if it wasn't on the books, you're not cutting anyone you don't want to. And they could have pulled that move off. And they could have made themselves, I think, better baseball team and done the better asset future maneuvery deal. Or 
if they were buying into that they were stuck in the mud, which seems what they seem to land on by not doing anything at all, right? Then you got to trade David Dahl and you have to bite the bullet of the fact that your fans are going to hate you for it. And everyone out there, be honest with yourself. If they'd have traded David Dahl at the 2019 deadline, which would have been really smart. And they could have gotten some great assets and Patrick would have been all for it. And he would have been saying, this is a great movie. He'd have been coming on the podcast. I know you guys are angry. This is a great Depending movie. Depending on what they got. Depending on what Depending they got. Right, right, right. It, it could have been a great move, but fans would have been irate. And understandably so. Now, in 2020, you can't trade David Dahl because he's hurt all year. Can't. Right? No chance to do it. It had to have been at the 2019 deadline. And so – You could have done in the offseason. Could have done in the offseason too. Go, oh, man, this last injury was okay. enough. And I don't know as much – about what went on in that off season, because, you know, a lot of the time where I would have spent gathering that information would have been at the spring training where I spent like four or five days and then the whole world shut down. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough to know for sure, but I do know it has been widely reported, whether it's specifically, you know, Stroman for, for Blackman, we know that the general manager tried to make moves and the owner admitted in the postseason gathering don't call it a press conference i almost said it patrick <laughs> he said he he basically out without saying their names he basically outright admitted that he wished he hadn't done that one of the very few things and again he didn't get into specifics but that i heard them admit to to playing wrong and that's the kind of that's the kind of crap man that's and that's what this is another one of these this is worse than that this is worse than that because this is an unforced error. You know, the ball wasn't necessarily hit to, to Dick Monfort at the 2019 trade deadline, and he got involved in a play he didn't need to be involved in and kind of screwed it up, but ultimately the team stayed the same as it was. You know, this was a, a, a ground ball to the second baseman, and the owner picked it up and threw it into the 10th row. This is an unforced error of epic proportions. There's no reason to. And and again, I don't think the on-field problem will be nearly as bad as a lot of people are making it out to be. But the feel where I get the, you know, why people are irate, my people feel like this is a terrible, terrible move where I feel like it's just pretty bad. Is that part of it? It's the unforced nature of it. It's a, you didn't have to make this mistake. Right. They're, they're, you were not forced into this position. Sell us all day on how much money you don't have that you didn't make last year. And no one wants to hear him complaining. Nobody wants to hear a billionaire complaining. No, not now. Especially when they pay that billionaire you know, for services. Right. I buy your hats and jerseys and tickets and hot dogs and overpriced beer when I'm allowed. And I don't want to and, – and I get it. I, you know, I've, I've got a piece coming out tomorrow – that speaks exactly to this. And I, and I hope people will check it out because in my estimation, again, don't get too excited when I say this sentence. If Jeff Breidich, and this is in the piece, I'm giving this away. If Jeff Breidich is fired tomorrow, would all of the Rockies' problems go away? If, if Jeff Breidich was fired tomorrow and the Rockies hired the hottest up-and-coming GM in all of baseball, invent one. Just make up a fantasy one. Make him the second best GM in, in baseball. Chip Chipperson. Let's call him that. Get Chip Chipperson in here. And you hand him the yeah. reins to this team. What's Chip doing? What's that? What, what's Chip doing? 
What's that? So can I answer that question? Yes. If you get rid of Jeff Breidich and you bring in Chip Chipperson, you still have the same problem. Thank you. You're welcome. So the pressure has to be put. Rockies, or was it dick.monfort at rockies.com? It's not. Look, man. But you write in and you say, fire the GM. He gets it in his mind. The problem is the GM. Mm. And he's not, not a problem. <laughs> and I get it. But in my estimation, and again, I'm giving away the piece. I hope you'll subscribe and read it anyway. I get much more into the details. But you need a team president, or at the very least, Dick Monfort has to stop making baseball decisions. That is the demand. That is the need. Because as long as Dick Monfort is continuing to involve himself in baseball decisions, your team has a problem. I don't necessarily believe they're as bad as other people do. Patrick and I have had this debate privately. Just text conversation. You know, I I still think they can win in spite of Dick Monfort, but that's what they would be doing. And that's not what you want. Your team having to win in spite of their owner. He needs to step away. I don't think he's not going to sell the team. Look, folks, he's not going to sell the team. Not a long line of billionaires from Colorado lining up to, to buy a baseball team and keep them in Denver and, and treat everybody as well as Dick Monfort has treated people. That's We'd love for that to everyone would love for that to happen. I don't and careful what you wish for because what if that owner is from Montreal? What, what if that owner is from Nashville or San Antonio or Vancouver, Canada? What happens then? Right. So Dick Monfort, focus on the party decks, McGregor Square, Rockyton. The Hall of Fame mm. and making Coors Field one of the absolute best experiences that any sports fan can take in. You can focus on helping to rebuild Lodo and making sure that the big questions like, should we keep around this guy who's done something off the field we all find abhorrent are gotten right? And other than that, stop it. Just stop doing stuff. I was going to say we could call it, we could say hashtag. Uh, I just, I'm not, I'm not. We've, 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 we've said enough. This was, this was the exact conversation I was hoping we were going to have. And I wasn't sure if we would uh, just going back and forth. Well, maybe that, uh, no, I don't agree with you. Here's where you're wrong, but it, it's good discourse. And like, you know, we encourage you guys to have these conversations with people on social media you don't need to name call. You don't need to, you don't need to curse, you know, uh, respect where someone's coming from and go and, and use it against them and say, wait a minute, if you're saying this, what about that? And you know, that this is, this is how you negotiate these situations to try to figure out. And the more information, you know, the, the, the stronger your argument's going to be, this is good. And this isn't going to be the last time because there's, you know, there's other implications to cutting David Dahl that, we, you know, we haven't even discussed, like, again, no. <laughs> hashtag, so deep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause again, there, there's things we haven't even, even considered remotely that you go, Oh, wait a minute. They cut David Dahl and instead they did this. Wouldn't it have been better to keep David Dahl and do something different again? Like, like everything, any of those players get taken in the rule five draft and they have a, 
pretty good career. Well, and, that's going to haunt the Rockies a little bit if they right. become a star. Well, then, yeah. wow, that's uh, uh, that's, bad. that's bad. Well, and and you know what? The other to open up a giant can of worms before we sign off the the. <laughs> The element of this I'm going to be most surprised by and what will. OK, so here, here here's the encapsulation of it for everybody. If the Rockies go out, make a number of savvy reliever and or starting pitcher pitcher moves and add to their roster. Player I could see myself. They make good yeah. player acquisitions. Sure. OK, go ahead. I, I could see myself at the end of the offseason going, you know what? I guess the David Dahl thing, as much as it wasn't great was what they needed to do to make this happen. At least in their minds, I feel like they focused on the right part of the team. Let's how it, see how it plays out. Right. That's kind of the, the best case like scenario. Really part. hard. And that's, I I'm, like that's I, fine, but I'm saying if we're I don't retroactive, know if that's possible, I think it's very I, possible. Right? Whether or not I, these I know, guys I, it's possible. Off. I think for some people, right. I think it's possible <laughs> for some people to okay. make that evaluation, okay. but there, I think it's still, but go ahead. Yes. So we'll see how it plays out, but that will be the way that, uh, you know, you in hindsight are going, oh, okay, that wasn't maybe quite as bad as I thought it was at the time. How does it get way worse? How does it go from even on my scale? Like, well, that was bad and stupid, but not, you know, torpedo the whole franchise and blow it up and, and burn it all down stupid to maybe it was, is if they do end up having to trade Nolan Arenado or Trevor Story, before the season begins, because then like, and, and and we don't have time to get into, like I said, we're opening up this can of worms an hour and 12 minutes in the podcast and we got to sign off here. But I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, Oh, this means they're definitely getting rid of those guys. And to me, that is so the opposite of logic that makes any sense. Now I'm not saying that means they won't do it. <laughs> I'm saying like, if you're about to shed $35 million off of your roster. You keep Dahl and you keep Givens. Right. You don't need to Correct. cut a guy who costs three. And but, so if they trade Nolan, and now that may just be because they, they feel like they're stuck, but then you have to pay Trevor's story. You have to. But, if they, do, if, you, but if they trade Arenado, we, you you would have then at least at that point go, well, that was pretty stupid to have gotten rid of David Dahl. If- That's what I'm saying. It makes okay. it 10 times right. It right. makes it way dumber. If, if they, if they trade Nolan Arenado, you're like, Dahl is the, is the epitome of the player you keep on an Arenado list Rockies team. All right. I'll like, say this. And maybe this will be the last word. A guy making 3 million. If you've just traded a guy making 35, I'll say this. Now, if this, if this could be the last word of, of the show, I mean, of course, before all your last words. Well, you, you, if you want to chime in after, you can. But the real way the Rockies can show that, hey, you know what? Cutting David Dahl wasn't so bad. And like you said, they make certain moves, yada, yada, yada. The real way that Breidich and Monford can kind of laugh it all off, slough it off, is simply win the 2021 World Series. That's all, right? baby! Bring it home to follow their path to winning the 2021 world series or the one, two Oh two world series. We're doing, you know, we might be living in the upside down. Who knows the 1617 world series, not the world series in 1617, but the, the 1617 may have a better chance of winning the 1617. Well, at that point it would be the NBA championship. I don't know. Again, <laughs> 
Arenado, that follow through. Anyway. He's got a great jump shot. Follow us for all of that on their path to whatever the hell it is happens next. We'll be on Twitter at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com for all of that written content. I got a couple of pieces coming out in the next couple of days. And one of them is spicier than just about anything I have ever written about the Colorado Rockies. Ooh. So you've got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss me bringing my fastball. That'll probably drop. I'm going to say that's going to drop on Friday morning. So make sure that you are subscribed and ready for that. Other than that, we can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely as befuddled as you are, and also Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.